0: This is episode 57. In this episode, you'll meet Marisol Catchings. She's the founder of Azteca Negra, a shop of Afro-Latin head wraps, jewelry, and accessories. She's also the co-founder of Just Be, a black woman's business community in Oakland, California. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and elevate. Bienvenidos. It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please, Subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Welcome everybody to another episode of Relate and Elevate. And I'm very happy to be spending some time with this special person. Uh, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yes, I'm Marisol Catchings, owner and designer of Azteca Negra and co-founder of Just Be. Azteca negra,
0: and just be. Yay. Okay, so we're going to get to know more about all the wonderful things that you're doing. But first, let's get to know you a little bit better.
1: Um, And can you tell us, what is your favorite food? Ooh. I would have to say it's macaroni and cheese, for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's my son's favorite.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But but what kind? Like,
0: what kind of macaroni and cheese? Um... And from so where I, or do you buy it or cook it or
1: yeah so I'd have to say my mac and cheese is my favorite mac and cheese before that it was my godmother's mm-hmm. um so that's where I learned most of my recipe and then I just kind of made it spicy um mm-hmm. but yeah I would say like the way like black folks make black and cheese it black and cheese <laughs> <laughs> That and- sounds
0: like it would be a good, <laughs> like a good brand name to something.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I would say the, the way that Black folks make mac and cheese is my favorite, where it's like baked and it has all of these wonderful seasonings and ingredients in it. Um, so that's how I make it. It's not really like creamy. I'm picturing ooziness. Yeah, it's like, um, you pop it in the oven for sure, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's my favorite mac and cheese. Although I do like box mac and cheese, I don't like Kraft. But you know, like you can you can spice up some box mac and cheese.
0: Yeah, we I think we have what is it? Ans. We usually buy like mm, a big good. box of the organic Ands at Costco. That's yeah, and I like that it's like white cheddar, and then there's other cheddar. So, I guess I secretly kind of like my son's mac
1: and cheese too.
0: <laughs> but I add like garlic salt and cayenne pepper.
1: Yeah. Yeah, same. I'll add like extra cheese and, you know, the butter and the milk, of course, and then all like a bunch of different seasonings. And sometimes if I'm feeling like a little bit happy, I'll throw in some chicken broth and it actually like brings out like a like more flavor but just like a little bit of chicken broth.
0: I'm gonna try that. My secret ingredient, um, you know the box mac and cheese, you have to put like milk and butter, right? Well, one time I didn't have those things and I didn't realize it until it was already like, already cooked. <laughs> I put mayonnaise instead of butter. How was that for you? <laughs> okay, well first I do like mayonnaise it was good it was like creamy and kind of tangy it was because like mayonnaise is oil and vinegar and eggs right so so like instead of butter it was mayonnaise and i think i had like almond milk or something instead of regular milk (laughs) i just did it was it was good
1: But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not going to try that, but my husband <laughs> loves mayonnaise, like loves mayonnaise. He goes through entirely too much mayonnaise. When we have like sandwich stuff, he probably would like that. I like mayonnaise.
0: Like when I make a sandwich, it's not just a thin spread. Like I put like, it's a like a scoop, a blop of sour cream is like a blop of mayonnaise for me. Like, yes, I like mayonnaise. <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite color? My favorite color is yellow. That's Um, what I thought. Like when I thought of you, I was like, oh, yellow. I don't know
1: why. I don't know why either. I just feel like yellow makes you feel so happy. Mm -hmm. You know, like red can give you like warm feelings or like feelings of like anger sometimes. And then blue gives you like cool, but like when I think of yellow, I think of the sun, and I think of, like, bright and beautiful and, like, vitamin D and, you know, joy. Yeah. Um, what's the most recent book you read? Um, so I don't read one book at a time. I read, like, four books at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so right now I'm reading um, You Were Born for This. From honey Nichols and she's an astrologer um, and then I also just finished origins by Dan Brown to feed my fiction and uh, my fiction addiction and then uh, I'm also reading I think it's called abundance by Lisa Nichols and that's a uh, uh, for small business or business owners um, oh, cool. and I have one more I'm getting ready to read Kindred by Octavia Butler because I just finished Origins so I need a fiction but yeah I usually like to try to feed my spiritual um, energies with like a spiritual book um, also a business book so that way I keep on top of my stuff and then fiction for fun I yeah Good for you. I, I can't do this. Good for you. I'm happy
0: you're doing that. <laughs> we um, started a summer reading challenge in my family, my kids, and my husband and I, and my mom, too. And the kids are doing really well, and I don't think any of us adults have even opened up a book yet. <laughs> but don't tell them. Okay. <laughs> okay, next question. Um, what's the last song you listened to?
1: Hmm. Ooh. What? Okay. So. Ooh. What is that? I don't even know. You know what? I know like a whole song. I can sing it to you, but I do not know the names of songs, and sometimes I do not know the person who sang the song. Mm-hmm. But I have John Legend song like rolling in my head for the last few days. But it's like that that one that's like all of me loves mm. all that like wedding song. I think
0: that's the name of the song too. Okay, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like that song too. It's cute. It gives yeah. me like warm, fuzzy feelings.
1: Mm-hmm. uh
0: If you could meet one person, dead or alive, who would that be? Frida Kahlo. Mm. Quick. <laughs> 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 yeah, what like, what would you do with her? Like, so many things that we can do with her. Like, I feel she's known for so many different things. Like, what aspects of her do you feel like it attracts you the most?
1: I think, I think I want to know about her like ancestral knowledge, right? Like she was very close to her, her ancestry. She had a lot of, um, a lot of Mexican culture, a lot of ancient Mexican culture, like cultural pieces in her house. And so I think just, like, just picking her brain and seeing, like, what's in there? Like, how do you, like, why do you think the way you do? How did you get here? Like, what do you mm-hmm. read? You know, like, I I love her art as an artist. And then, I don't know, something about um, her when I discovered her around, like, 16, it was just like, oh, my God, this is like a kindred spirit. I love her and I wish that she were like alive now.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, I would definitely just want to pick her brain. I feel like if she was alive
0: now, she'd be like, oh, hell no. And, <laughs> you know, oh, going yeah. off on everybody and anybody. And yeah. yeah, yeah, I would like to see that too. Okay, one more last personal question. Tell us something that only a handful of people know about you. Uh,
1: yeah. So I love like conspiracy. <laughs> like shows or books or um, I don't know, just like learning about like how other people like what, how radical like mm. people can get what they're thinking. And I feel like, you know some of it's like okay that's 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 really far but other parts of it it kind of like for me it makes me feel like my mind is opening to the possibility of like oh like maybe that crazy isn't so crazy
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: um yeah because we think of like our revolutionary people our innovative people who are ahead of their time and they were always called crazy right mm-hmm. and yeah but i mean why can't we think outside the box why can't we we you know explore a little bit more um i also love watching ancient aliens that's like my (laughs) ish. so (laughs) to be honest
0: i've never heard of it i don't know like what is is it a show is it like a docu-series is it i don't know what it is
1: yeah it's a show and they kind of go around the world talking to actually i have not seen any like black Maybe some Latinx and some Middle Eastern folks are on there, but um, it's mainly like white scientists or, and so they go around the world and explore like the ancient cities or beliefs or different things and, um, and just kind of like bring up all of these conspiracy theories about how aliens brought this technology to earth oh this <laughs> yeah, goes right in there with my conspiracy theory thing blame it on the aliens
0: <laughs> i like that theory though why not let's just it on them yeah <laughs> okay so now we're going to talk about your cultural identity um or your identity how do you self-identify
1: um so i am mexican and black my mom's side of my family is mexican and my dad's side of the family is black. Um, we also just found out maybe like two years ago, so there was definitely some um, some questions, I guess, around our ancestry on my Mexican side. But we definitely do have some African ancestry. My grandmother was tested, like, did the DNA test, mm-hmm. and um, and then my mom and my tia as well. And so. Yeah, it was just really nice to also, like, learn that we, like, officially, that we do have, like, African ancestry on my mom's side. So, I guess technically, like, my family is (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Afro-Latino. I I identify as Afro-Latina, Black and Mexican, or Black and Chicana. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting how there's so many layers and how even saying Mexican and Black or Black and Mexican is different than saying Afro-Latina, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't really, on the surface, we don't really understand really what that is until we really talk about it. Like, wait, what's the difference between Mexican and Black and Afro-Latina? There is a difference, right?
1: <laughs> um, So I'd say for me, like, being both is not yeah, <sighs> labels are so tricky, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, I feel like none of the labels really fit, and make them to kind of un- to to have a better understanding of like who who someone is or how they identify. But mm-hmm. I don't necessarily fit like feel like any of those fit. I go with Afro Latina because um, there are so many people who identify as such um, from different Latin American countries, but we're not Latin, so, Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I don't necessarily feel like that fits, like, I would say, like, um, fewer people identify as Afro-Indigenous, or, like, in, you know, but I would, I would say that that's probably closer to how I would identify as, like, Afro-Indigenous.
0: Hmm, yeah. You know, I was watching the his I was yeah, I was watching the Hispanicize event. Um, and Dolores Huerta was on there. She was like the best one. I totally I totally like fangirl. Yeah. <laughs> fangirl moment. <laughs> Dolores Huerta. And she said she doesn't like the term Latinx or even I think Latina or Latino because it doesn't highlight the indigenous component and I never really I guess I never really thought about that and for Mm -hmm. me like the Latinx term is more inclusive you know across genders and across the uh, in my mind I was thinking the Latin American diaspora Mm -hmm. which to me also includes Afro Latinos and, and everything like anybody who has a touch point with Latin America but then again, that term Latin America is also labeled from a non-quote unquote Latin American person, you know? Right. But it's just it is like there's so many different layers of labels, and that's the reason why I ask this question because I don't want to say, oh, here's my soul of uh, Latina or Afro Latina or Black Mexican business owner. Like I ask this question because I want people to share how they identify themselves how and essentially like this whole process this whole idea of labeling ourselves I feel is something that we have to do because if we don't label ourselves then everybody else around us is going to label us and I'd rather us label ourselves than other people even though it's happening it's just all complicated and messy and
1: it's complicated and rooted in like uh Colonialism is that the word? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, is my vocabulary on today? Um, yeah, it feels like, or I guess I, I mean, even in white supremacy, like you, like they wanted labels for the people that identify as other, mm-hmm. and, um, and I would also say the same thing for, I mean, Latin, uh, Latin America also includes Spain, right? But Spain is in Europe and although we don't necessarily identify spanish folks as white i i feel like that's what they are right See, like most- in my mind
0: the term hispanic included spain and like spain, spain. portugal and <laughs> latin america but mm-hmm. then latin america is like this side of the world that were all colonized, like the Americas colonized by the Latin countries like okay. Portugal and Spain
1: right. and
0: France, because those three countries were the ones that, like, Mexico and South. So, like, you really, really need to understand the history of colonization to really understand where all of these labels are rooted from right so yeah you're you're right and for people who don't understand the history of colonization and they just throw these words around I don't know like maybe it makes them feel like a sense of community with other people I don't know but I think that's why it's important to even question ourselves and question why we use the terms we do and It changes for me too. Like, it depends who I'm talking to. I'll tell you how I identify (laughs) because I don't think everybody's gonna understand everything, you know?
1: Right, yeah. I also feel the same way about the term Hispanic. Like, I don't like that term. Um, Yeah, yeah. so I don't use that. (laughs) I I feel like Latinx feels better, but also it's not right. It's just like, I I don't know, I don't know, man. Yeah,
0: and I also do think that we shouldn't be walking around asking people, oh, where are you from? Oh, how do you identify? And I know that, like, that's what I do <laughs> on this podcast, <laughs> but it's not because, it's not because, it's more because, like, I want to give space for people to positively self-identify themselves, right. which a lot of us and most of us don't get that opportunity. Right. Yeah. So what does the term cultural identity mean to you?
1: Um I think it's like rooted in your ancestry um and then also where you grew up. So mm-hmm. you know, I so I've gone to Mexico every year with my mom and my family um since I was a little girl. And the culture there is different than here, right? So, like, my family's very, like, Chicano, like, Mexican-American, Californian. They're also from South Texas, from Corpus Christi. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, very, very American and also very Mexican at the same time. Like, we have our traditions that we we hold that, you know, we pass down and, you know, our, like, for example, like our... um, our easter celebrations right we make uh the eggs with the little Mm -hmm, with the confetti yeah yeah with the confetti and like crack them on each other's heads and you know like so there's all of that so i feel like um you know there's the the cultural identity that's rooted in your ancestry and then there's the cultural identity in the country that you grew up in Mm -hmm. so um yeah so i would say like like my mom's side of the family is very mexican and also very american and then i would say that my dad's side of the family is very black american because you can be black in a bunch of different countries and it means something different
0: mhm
1: yeah so i think it, i think it means both so your ancestry and then also where you grew up
0: mhm yeah cuz that's all also, part of our experiences
1: yeah And then I think also like the region in which, in, in the country where you grew up. So like, um, like I'm very, very much a Bay area girl, Mm -hmm. like this is where I grew up. This is how I, how I grew up. I grew up saying hella, like it's very, um, liberal and you know, um, yeah. So I guess cultural identity also can include your, your politics it's so wide it's such a wide term
0: mm-hmm. yep it's our everyday lives and it's always changing too yeah yep okay so let's pivot a little bit and talk about your business mm-hmm. uh, what is your business what do you sell and tell us like how how did you come up with your business vision like how did it all start
1: yeah, so I have two businesses. So I'll start with Azteca Negra because that was my first business with my baby. Um, I, I started it back in 2013. Um, I started creating pieces for myself, just at home. Um, my my family's very artistic. And so my mom sews, she crafts, my Thea like crafted and sewed. She was amazing with her like costumes and things that she would create. My grandmother like embroiders. My great grandmother ta- like did tatting. I don't know if you know what tatting is. No, what it's is kind that? of it's kind of like crocheting. You use a needle, but you I don't know. You can create like these pictures with like lace, basically, or not lace, but um thin thin threading. And oh. yeah, I can't really describe it, but
0: <laughs> uh, you <laughs> want our- I love lace. And I've always wondered, like, how do they make it? Like, is this, like, made by a machine or? I mm. mean, like, like, before machine technology, like, someone had to have made it. Like, or is this something that came about only when machines? Because I know embroidery, there's machines for that. But before the machines, there's hand embroidery that people still do, right? And hand right. sewing and hand knitting and hand crocheting. But I always wondered about lace. Like, so is that what you mean? Like, creating lace? like
1: fabric or yeah. so it's kind of like how do you describe it like if you think of like an early like 1900s dress right you wouldn't have been able to buy just like a spool of like lace you probably right. embroidered it or you think of like a doily mm-hmm. so it, it's kind of like that like she created like like a like a giant doily but you could create all kinds of images. So my mom has in her room like this really big, beautiful virgencita that my great grandmother made, and out of tatting. Oh my gosh, and but you can like see through it. Like it looks like kind of like a a giant doily, but with a virgencita on it. And so, oh my God, that sounds so beautiful. Yeah, I'll take a photo and like send it to you. But it's, yeah, my family is very artistic, and it goes back. Um, And so I've always been into art. Um, I started my art journey with writing. So I'm a writer. I love writing. I love Mm -hmm. reading. Um, I was a creative writing major in college, uh, along with economics, but I needed something to feed my art side. Um, And I worked for about a year out of college as an economic uh, data researcher. And that was not very fulfilling. So sounds very uh, boring. Sorry. I actually like love, love numbers, but the space was not very diverse. And I was like the lowest paid person in the office, which was not great. And the only black or Latina there. So Mm. it, yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling there. Um, but I do love numbers. And so that's actually one of my favorite parts of my business is like running my numbers and like, how much am I going to make from this? And how much am I going to charge for this? And like, you know, um, Oh, cool. Yeah. Like that's, that's a fun part for me. It's very tedious, but it's also
0: um, very, very, very important. A lot of people don't realize like how important it is. Like you need to break down
1: every dollar that comes in, how it's being distributed into your business. Exactly. It's so important um and so back to your original question I started creating art for myself in 2013 uh, after I was laid off from that job and I kind of just needed something to do and I also wanted to create something for myself that I felt was like um representative of my my cultural identities Mm -hmm. and so I started making my own pieces out of like fabric and leather and beading um and then i decided that i wanted to start selling those pieces so i started on etsy um mm-hmm. selling for a few months and then i started vending and um at first friday oakland first friday mm-hmm. and yeah i've just i've i've been in love with my business ever since um i love sharing my art i love creating my art i love seeing people's reactions to it and and you know them wearing it and feeling joyful and happy and at the center of it i really just wanted to create things that made people feel a sense of self-love um and i know that in a lot of our like culture you know african identity is not really celebrated Mm -hmm. and i wanted to celebrate that 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 part of our identity as latinos and so I'm bringing that to the forefront. That is a huge inspiration for, for what I do. I wanted to create art that really celebrated like Afro-Latino cultures, and especially like my Mexican and Black culture identity. Um, and so I've been, I've been a full-time entrepreneur since 2013, um, creating, creating my art. Um, I also co-founded Just Be, um, with my two business partners, Hope Lehman and Camila Richardson. Um, when I got started with my business, I didn't really have a community. I didn't really know anyone that that created art. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have like a, a large community of entrepreneurs. I didn't really know anyone that owned a business. I didn't know anyone that owned a creative business.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, as I started to meet people at vending, you know, like at vending events, I think that that's actually how I met you was that... Mm-hmm. Mercado Latinx and it yeah we so my business partners and I met we were actually a much bigger group and then we decided to um to found Just Be and create a community for black women entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. so we've done different events um from like business bestie where you can meet someone who you want to um partner with to be a, an accountability buddy we also have for the culture oh that's uh, cool yeah it's it, you need that like you yeah. need someone you can like bounce your ideas off of and who's gonna be like hey did you do that girl yeah. <laughs> yeah it's really important to have those people in your circle who are like I'm rooting for you and you're amazing and like you can get that done and oh I can help you with that you need a resource cool I got you yeah um, so, yeah, we've just been building from that since 2017, and um, we've created for the culture. This year will mark our fifth annual holiday pop-up. Um, it'll be virtual, but it's usually in Oakland. And um, last year, we had over 55 vendors, and like across the, the board, we had, I think collectively, they made over $45,000 at the market
0: oh my god that's amazing and the market yeah. was just one day event or it's a
1: it was a two-day event, two event but still
0: like that's yeah. that's sometimes people sales for like <laughs> a whole year <laughs> yeah well it was collective so not everyone yeah made
1: no order. no I get it but still like that's really 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 good that's so yeah. cool so I'm um, yeah in both businesses it's really like the the my purpose for both businesses is really just like helping to uplift others. So whether that's like spiritually or emotionally or, you know, reclaiming their, their joy in their cultural identity or giving them business resources to be able to create opportunities for themselves. Um, so I, I'm really all about community and I really want to just help uplift my community. Mm-hmm. It's so different when when
0: you're operating your business with a, like a communal, um, like, like valuing the whole like communal, um, oh my God, how do I say this? Well, like communal versus individual <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say you know like in this country everything's all about like oh survival of the fittest and individualistic and you know things like that but I feel like the business world in this country teaches us and tells us to be competitive be better than your neighbor be this be that but in um like Every single person that I've interviewed for this podcast, everybody here, we all operate with that, with a communal feel, with a collaborative feel, with a let's do better together. Let's help each other. How can we support each other instead of, no, mine's better than yours, so I'm going to make more money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that is what has made everybody so successful, one, and two, very fulfilling and happy you know yeah
1: yeah you need that's what community. I've noticed yeah you really do need your community like I I wouldn't be here with Azteca Negra, like in in the place where I've gotten to over the last like seven years, if it weren't for community, like those people who reached out and were like, hey, I'm having like a little market. It's really small. We may have like 50 people, but we would really love for you to come and like showcase and like showcase with these 50 people or people, you know, wearing something and and then sharing like word of mouth or Mm -hmm. um, like, letting someone know, like, hey, there's this really amazing artist, and I think you should interview her, you know, like, just a a sense of community is what we need. And especially, you know, when you think about it, like, in terms of, like, economics, you see a lot of, um, like, even in in the Latin community, definitely in the Asian community, definitely in, like, the Jewish community, people working together to be able to, like, uplift the community as a whole. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think, I think we often miss how important community is in success. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially as people of color. Yeah. And like, I really,
0: like, I'm such like an analytical person. I always think about it. Like,
1: where did this come from?
0: And why, why does it exist now? And like all these things. And I really do think that that's all Stems from colonization because we were all very, very tribal, communal people. I mean, we still are, but I think that it was very much interrupted, and with colonization, and you can see that that there's this like struggle, right? At least I yeah. can see that within even my family, with everyone who identifies in this way, there's a struggle of this individual
1: versus Communal thing. No matter what, the communal is always winning. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, you see it happening now. The communities are rising, and like, you know, this oppressive thing, monster that's been like governing us for many, many like centuries is probably on (laughs) its way out now.
0: Yeah, I feel like this pandemic is not just literal. Like we're not just literally going through a pandemic, we're also very metaphorically kind of going through a pandemic too. It's kind of like you can see the disease like like the fog has lifted, and now you can see the diseases everywhere, like where it is and where it has infiltrated and where it is, and it's like slowly well actually no, I like think. Kind of very very rapidly in your face right now but before this pandemic it was kind of slowly little by little people were seeing it but now it's like there is this pandemic of systematic racism and white supremacy everywhere
1: yeah 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 i'm glad the fog is lifting and more people are able to like accept that and start working through um how that's affected them and and you know change we need change
0: yeah i think like more than anything we're being forced to change i mean like oh, yeah. seriously like <laughs> nature is like you know we're here this is nature the universe we're telling you it has to happen you know <laughs> yes, with our lives together yeah. <laughs> and now i'd like to take a little break are you an instagrammer do you love watching Instagram videos? Well, I'm starting a new Instagram TV series to share business tips, activities, and resources to help you grow your business. If there are any specific topics you'd like to learn about, please send me a direct message at Giselle's World and stay tuned for my new IGTV series to drop in August of 2020. I can't wait! Okay, so now I want to ask you. Um, When you were starting your business, how easy or how difficult was it to find what you needed to
1: start your business? Mm, It was hard. (laughs) It was hard. And it was, I mean, I started in 2013. And like, thankfully, right after that, you know, there started to be a, a big boom of, of Black and Latinx businesses and resources for small businesses. And I think Um, when I was getting started, it was just before like this, this explosion of all of those businesses and resources. And so it was really difficult. I did like a lot of Googling. I also didn't really know where to turn in terms of like help for business. Like, what do, what are all the things that I need? Like, do I need a business license? Do I need a business license in many different cities? Like, do I need, you know, an EIN number or like, how do you file your taxes? Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. or even like marketplace. So I think what's really beautiful about, you know, the the rise of all of these businesses um, created by people of color, especially small businesses and creative businesses, is that you have like other businesses like Mocajete Domingo that came out of that or Mercado Latinex, or different places to showcase, you know, artistic mm-hmm. um, businesses. But there wasn't, I mean, there was definitely some of that, but I think there there definitely were not as many. So researching, like, what kind of vending events to do, where to go, how to have them, like, is this my marketplace? Um, who's my target audience? All of those questions were definitely, like, things that I had to comb through and really research and really figure out for myself and um, now I think it's really awesome that it's not as difficult for people. There are a lot of resources out there. There are a lot of like funding opportunities that are starting to rise up for people of color, and um, that wasn't there when I started. I didn't even think about like funding. When I thought of funding, it was like, oh yeah, like I mean people get like a loan from the bank, and they can start like a million dollar company, but I don't know how to do that. And I also like, you know, like, how do you even get to that idea of like a million dollar business? So mm-hmm. I think it's just really difficult to um, to get all those questions answered, which is why it was so important to to create a community. So I re- I didn't have one at all when I started. And through different vending events, through meeting different artists, like I started to build that community for myself. And that made it a lot easier for me to to get my questions answered, to, you know, bounce ideas off of people and to to understand, um, you know, building the business for the future and not for just right now. Like, oh, I enjoy making jewelry right this second. Um, but instead, like, how do I build generational wealth and a business that I can pass down to my family?
0: hmm Yes, yes, yes. Say it again, because people need to hear that. again, (laughs) we need to learn about it, hear, breathe it, think about it all the time.
1: Yes, Yes. how do you build for the future? How do you start saving for retirement when you have a small business that's self, you know, that's run by one person? Yeah, Yeah, and you know,
0: when you were saying that, like, you didn't know where to get all of these answers or you were just searching Google and finding different, Trying to find different places to get these answers, you know what popped into my head is that we don't have as small business owners or an individual business owners, you know, like sole um, sole proprietors. It's harder for us because we may not have people who own businesses like the ones that we're we've created, and so we don't have that like mentorship or apprenticeship um available in our own circle right like when we're the only ones trying to create a business that's different from any other one we don't we don't have an example of that right and you said generational wealth generational wealth a lot of it is like if you think about like really really wealthy people they pass on their skills their knowledge all these systems that they've created in their homes and in their businesses, they pass it on from generation to generation to generation. And like, we come from communities that don't have that. <laughs> and so how are they supposed to pass it on to us?
1: Yeah. right. We were robbed of it. We were yeah. robbed of our wealth. Yeah. And yeah, and of our sense of like, being able to pass those things down. And so I think that it's really important to think about that, especially as small business owners, but just people of color in general, you know, black and Latinx families have the like statistically the lowest amount of wealth to be able to pass on to generations. Like I think for the black community, it's like $11,000, like on average. And that's really low. That is extremely low.
0: Yeah, because so, we mostly
1: pass debt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like something and,
0: that I see more than so like thinking about my social media feeds, especially Facebook, I see a lot of um, those those online fundraisers for funerals, like people don't even have enough money in our community to officially help someone or officially like have a ceremony for someone to pass on, you know, and instead. I would love for us to do Kickstarter campaigns to help each other out in our communities in other ways. You know, like instead of trying to make get money at the end of our life, h- how can we do that? You know, like at the beginning, how can we set up our our children, like when they're becoming adults? How how can we set them up, like? You know, like let's help out with college funds, or let's have a a community fund for for business loans, or a business a a, a business startup matching fund, or something like that to help people at the beginning of their lives.
1: Yeah, right? you know, I was just talking to my husband about this because he so he's a therapist. He had a client who shared um their their of the Asian community of. And Korean community and they shared that they were doing like an apprenticeship at you know like an aunt's business and how they do that in in their community is um, you know people pool their resources together mm-hmm. invest in one business that person like it's a loan from from the community invest in that business they start building their business and building their profits They pay back the loan and then that pot of money goes to the next person. And so and then also the people that either come over and are immigrating or, you know, family members, um, children work for for the business as like interns or like low paid, low paid wage workers. And then when it's their turn and they've learned how to run the business, then they take out of that pot of money and they go and invest it. And then it just keeps recycling like that and I think we need to think about that for ourselves like how are we going to do that how can we do that as a community
0: mm-hmm. yep something that we do in my family is called uh, tanda where um, people come together you know like if 20 people come together and pay a uh, hundred dollars a month for 20 months so then like the first month All of us get together, put the money, and then it's my turn to receive it that month. And then the next month, we all put the same amount, $100 each, and then it's your turn to receive that money. Um, Mm -hmm. Then the next month, the next person receives the money. So it it goes through 20 months, 20 people, and we all receive the money. Um, That's something that we've been doing our family for a really long time. And I've just, for the past few years, I've been thinking, like, how can we turn this into more? Like, how can we turn this into Instead of bringing our money together and everybody take their piece and then, you know, we start a new one again, how can we turn this into, let's bring our money together and like double it. (laughs) And then we take back the money we initially put, but then there's still money, there's money in the pot now. And then we uh, add more money to the pot and then double it again, or, you know, whatever, add 15% of it. Like, it's like, I want to take the idea of the Tanda plus some sort of investment like how can we make it grow how can we make our money make money right because that's how really 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 wealthy people make money they make their money work for them
1: yeah investing it investing it in like bonds or stocks or all of them all of the above all at the same time Yeah. yeah
0: yep yeah yeah i've been thinking a lot about this too um for the past few years and my relationship with money has changed a lot too. I'm more comfortable talking about money. I'm more comfortable saying I want to be a millionaire and not, I want to be a millionaire because I want to buy all these things. But no, like I know I'm going to become a millionaire and show other people and all of us together as a community, we're going to learn from each other and create wealth and start building this generational wealth. Um, and and I know that like we come from people you know like our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents they all like wanted the next generation to do better Mm -hmm. and if we think about that at least I know in my family we have but I feel like it's it's too slow (laughs) it's going too slow (laughs) and not because like it's not because like I want money now no it's like I want to make sure that our family is set up and I want to show other families to do that too. You know, like there's so much money, there's enough, more than enough for all of us. And we all really need to get out of that idea. The, the lack mindset, which I was in. And sometimes I still am. I have to like really, really like program to get out of it is that, Oh, there's not enough. There's not enough. There's more than enough. It's just that These few people are taking it. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. So we need to go and take it too. No, we're giving it to them. We are giving it.
0: It's both. They're taking it and we're giving it because we feel like we're not worthy enough. We're not, we're not deserving. And that's all part of the whole colonization thing. That's what they made us believe.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like we're not even worthy of our own. We're not worthy of they they took away all of our generational like everything. Like we come from people, you know, people in, in, in Africa and the Americas, we come from people who build like the most advanced civilizations without yes. the current technology that exists today. And so instead of being instead of being labeled as a lazy. Drunk criminal Mexicans, because that's all you know mm-hmm. we hear, is like, we're warriors. <laughs> yeah, you know We're resilient warriors that understand the stars and the moons and the and the universe in a way that nobody else did. You know, We come from yeah. people who invented the number zero, yeah.
1: And most people don't know that. (laughs) Like, let's go try to rebuild some pyramids right now. Let's see if we can do it. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Because just because I know that, like, I wouldn't be able to
0: have that capacity, like, you know? And that's something that was taken from us and destroyed, you
1: know? That's. (sighs) Yeah, Yeah, it's very frustrating. And also, it's invigorating. invigorating. Yeah yeah I was gonna say like inspirational it makes me feel like I came from some amazing people and like I'm reclaiming my time I'm reclaiming my power this is how I'm doing it I'm gonna make it happen and and I think we have to I think we have to be empowered within ourselves and do like a lot of self-work to be able to get there like that's not Mm -hmm. easy work it's easy Mm -hmm. to say like oh you need to do like you need to like love yourself and you know, but that requires work. That requires therapy. That requires, um, looking at the systems that made us unhappy. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. And I think as far as uh, like what your family does is amazing. And I'm definitely going to like hit my cousins up. Like, Do it. And it's so easier now to do it
0: through Venmo. It's so easier to do it through Venmo now. Just like put it all in Venmo and Venmo or PayPal. And, you know, but we do it all the old school way. My grandma's in charge. We have to deliver cash to her and then she delivers cash. But it's also cool because then we get to see each other, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's so beautiful. Like I, I don't even like I don't personally know anyone that does that. And so or that has that in their family. And that's so beautiful to have. Like, that's a core. Every family should have that. And I think also another thing besides like self-love and learning, learning yourself, it's also learning how money works. Like Mm -hmm. said earlier, like your relationship with money um, is very important for business. Mm-hmm. And like bringing abundance and success into your business like you can't think small potatoes you can't think oh I don't have this I can't do this like that you you won't get off the ground mm-hmm. but also understanding how money works like how debt works like not all debt mm-hmm. is bad debt you know like not and not all money is good money <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But also, like, changing your relationship to money, like, how, how you can make it work for you, how you can make it a tool instead of something that you dread and you fear. Yeah.
0: Like, no, build yeah, that Yeah. And I got to the point where, like, I comfortably now say that I'm working towards my first million. I'm working towards becoming a millionaire in the next couple years or so. And before I would think about that and like I would feel so emotional and I would feel like I just started to cry like like I wouldn't even believe it like it would just be like whatever you know like nothing Mm -hmm. yeah and it's it took a long time like it it goes through a process yeah we don't talk about money enough in our culture at all nothing yeah
1: and you have to get comfortable with those big numbers like um For example like so we're we're fundraising right now um, for for the culture because we're bringing on like a bigger team to be able to do it online and to support entrepreneurs in a way that's more holistic where it's not just like okay hop on here and make some money but it's like i'm gonna train you up like do you have a website is your website functioning can you handle like a volume of sales where is your mindset at like what what where do you like what do you think about money what do you think about you know like your business in terms of like five years from now and we really want to support people with that that's so important but that takes money right to be able to do that to be able to pay ourselves and to pay other people to bring their expertise in and like we we have always thought like um about creating this gigantic i you know like um, community and building something that's way bigger than ourselves but you know we we didn't necessarily put that in with the component of like raising large amounts of capital and mm. this is the first year where we're like oh yeah we need to wa- raise like $100,000 for this event and at <laughs> first i was like oh my goodness that is so much money like that's a, that's a lot of money to raise and then as we've been doing it like the abundance is coming toward us though like like the universe is like oh you asked for that let me give that to you come on let's keep doing the work you have to that's it that's all you asked for (laughs) yeah but like thinking thinking bigger like you want to make a million dollars you can make a million dollars you, I mean, it's not going to fall in your lap, but as long as your focus is on that and you're thinking about it and you're focusing on it and all of the steps that you're making are steps toward that, even if they're small right now, like you can make that happen. But I think we have to think about or be comfortable with thinking about big numbers like that, because it, it also took me a while to think like, oh, yeah, I, I mean, I could make $100,000 this year. That's, I could make $500,000 in three years. That's a key word,
0: being comfortable With those big numbers. So a while ago, I posted on my Instagram page, I'm trying to find it now, like how to make a million dollars. And okay, how to make a million dollars sell a $200 product to 5,000 people. Mm, That equals a million dollars. Or sell a $500 product to 2,000 people. Or sell a $1,000 product to 1,000 people or sell a $2,000 product to 500 people or sell a $4,000 product to 250 people. Mm. Like when you like break it down like that, a million dollars doesn't sound that bad. Like I can sell a $200 product to 5,000 people. I mean, $200 seems fairly affordable for something of very good value. Like, I actually have a $200 product that I sell. Now I just need to f- find 5,000 people to sell it and then I'll make a million dollars. You can find 5,000 people. You can find 10,000 people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've already sold it to like 15 people. So, hey, I'm chipping away. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Have- so um, talking about like running all these different businesses. What is your favorite techno- technological tool that you use? For one or all of them, many
1: of them. Instagram, I love Instagram. Like it's, it's definitely helped my business to grow. Or it helped Aspeka Negra to grow. Um, that's how most of my traffic comes into to my website is through Instagram. But I love how you can be quick and you can be like your visual can be very strong, really quick and it can reach so many people Mm -hmm. so easily for free Mm -hmm. yeah so you like
0: instagram live or stories or posting better
1: or Mm -hmm.
0: dms there's like so many different aspects of instagram
1: so i think i like I like all of the above. So I haven't done too many, live. I haven't done a live yet. I'm like, I'm still getting comfortable with like being in front of the camera. And that's why I started doing lives so I could force myself to do it. Yeah. yeah. That's on, that's on the the list of things to do in 2020 for me. Um, But yeah, so I'm still getting comfortable with like the thought of being in front of the camera. But I love being behind the camera. So I love taking photos. I love like figuring out like how this color meets with this color and like what kind of imagery I want to bring forward in that and the captions because I love writing. I also like the analytics for the business side now. Like they have built out the analytics, which I really appreciate. Um, and, and also the DMS, because I feel like you can connect with people. I mean, much like Twitter or like Snapchat or like any social media platform really, but you can connect so easily and so quickly with people through Instagram, through messaging, through, you know, commenting on a story, commenting on a post and, and just being, being able to like reach those people that you're like, oh, you're hella dope. I want to like, you know, connect with you. Mm and I want to share just how much I love this thing that you did or that you posted or that you are making or whatever and so like just being being able to be accessible to people in that way has really also built up a sense of community Mm -hmm. and yeah I so I love Instagram I've like bought a couple of Instagram courses and tried to figure out like how best to utilize it And even for business with like DMing, right, I last year I was sending out DMs to like each new person that would uh, follow me Mm -hmm. or just like a little personal message like, hey, welcome to the page. You know, I just wanted to welcome you. And I feel like that also created a sense of community for the people who were who joined and followed the page. It was just like, oh, Oh my God, that's a really, really great idea. I definitely want to start implementing
0: that. Yeah, I, it, I feel that way. Like when I see a new follower, I'm like, well, oh, that's so cool. And then I try to learn about them and figure out, you know, like who they are or maybe why my page, <clears throat> or figure out who they are, or like why they're attracted to my page. But that's way better what you did. I'm going to start doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I definitely took that from like someone else who I can't remember who, but, <laughs> but it, it was definitely... It's definitely really awesome. And I wish I had more time to be able to do it now. Um, but it does build a sense of community and for you to get to know the people that are, that are coming to your page. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, really, I really like Instagram. Instagram is a lot of fun for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many
1: different things.
0: And they keep making it better too. Mm-hmm. Creating more tools for all of us. Okay, last question. If you had no constraints, would you start another business?
1: Yes. I plan to be a serial entrepreneur upon my death. <laughs> 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 yeah, I really want to um so I mean I have the two businesses now but yeah, I plan to have like five different businesses at least. Um I want to I want to create like a business that's um like emergency or pandemic or whatever proof, right? Like, um, so Mm -hmm. I was talking about it with my husband, like the last couple of years. And like, I want, first of all, I want to buy property. That's one. Mm -hmm. I want to buy property. And I also want to be able to buy property in Oakland specifically because we need more. We need more property that's owned by people of color, by black and Latinx folks Mm -hmm. and affordable housing. And so to be able mm-hmm. to provide something like that for my communities would be amazing. So that's on my list of things to do. Um, also writing. I want, I want to be a published, well, I am a published author, but I want to be a larger published author and then also, um, uh, a laundromat business.
0: Ooh. I want like
1: a chain of laundromats. So, you know, I started thinking about my business at the beginning of the pandemic, especially. Like, you know, I, I love what I'm doing. And thank God, like, um, we were able to, like, pivot and start making masks. And yeah. that has been my business, like, afloat. Yeah. Like, it, I was going to ask like, you about that.
0: You You were very, very good. Like, seriously, day one, you were like, masks. <laughs> right now. And, and tell us more about that. Like, how did that all like happen? And I,
1: I, I just saw on Instagram how it just grew and you're also, you gift them, right? Yeah. So we, um, so my mom actually started making them, mm. uh, my mom, Norma Saavedra, and she wanted to make them just for our like family and friends. We have a lot of like nurse and healthcare folks, Um, in our family and so she started making masks she's like oh I can do that you know there's a lack of PPE right now our family needs like help you know to make sure that they're protected and so she started creating masks and at first I was like okay mom yeah like (laughs) you do that that's great and then I saw how like beautiful they actually were like she was really like my mom does anything my mom does is like very quality work But um, I was like, this is amazing. And I do think that you're onto something. Like we should definitely create this because it's not just the healthcare community that's gonna need them. It's the full community that's gonna need them, right? And Mm -hmm. at the time we were like, okay, maybe for the next couple of months we'll need them. But now it's just like the foreseeable future, we're gonna need masks. Mm -hmm. And why not create masks that are culturally representative of the people wearing them? Um, And so we started, you know, like thankfully, like I said, planning ahead is really necessary, thinking about the future. So like, if you're a small business, like how do you think about supplies in like larger, in in terms of like larger amounts of supplies? And so we had started researching, you know, um, uh, fabric manufacturers or distributors and things like that. And so we already had those relationships set up to where we could get the supplies easily. And um, so we started creating masks um, and some of them are sold retail, and then the profits from those help us to create masks for health, free masks for healthcare workers. So we have our mask for healthcare campaign, um, and we send out free uh, um, a free mask um, if you fill out a a request form for healthcare workers or frontline workers and we really just wanted to help support our healthcare community because they're very overwhelmed right now mm-hmm. uh, and then also our community because the black and latinx communities are being left out like we are not receiving the same i mean just historically we have not received the same amount of like of care when it comes to health care mm-hmm. um we are catching COVID at higher rates and you know there aren't res- there aren't enough resources in our communities to be able to support this pandemic right now and so we you know it's a small thing but being able to provide masks to those communities to our communities to help them protect themselves is very important right now mm-hmm. it may seem like a small thing that has a really big impact yeah yeah you can so- stop the spread of covid by wearing your mask mm-hmm. <laughs> And staying home. (laughs) Yes, and staying home.
0: So tell us, what are all your websites, and where can people fill out that form? Is that still available? The mask. Yes. Yeah. And what if we want to gift? Like, could I fill out a form to gift to a healthcare worker that I know, or how how does that work? Um,
1: You can, on behalf of a healthcare worker, if you have their um, their photo ID. Okay. Yeah, so we have a, a Google form on the website. Um, the page is masks for healthcare. Um, the website is com, And if you click the masks for healthcare page, you can find the request form. It's really short, you fill it out, and then we just ask that um, people f- submit their badges. And so, I mean, you can cover up most of the information, we just need like your name and your photo on there. Um, mm. And like, uh, I mean, maybe like at least the symbol from like a hospital or your you know school or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we we definitely still want to continue to to bring these efforts forth and provide people with masks who are doing this like really essential work for us and um and then also provide masks for the community and helping the and and the thing about us selling the masks is that the community is helping us to provide those free masks. To the healthcare and frontline workers Mm. so we're all working together to do this that's so cool i love it i love
0: everything that you're doing and that you've been doing and i'm so happy that you started this the other one the just be and the for the culture yeah yeah so do those have separate websites too
1: yes so you can find more about our Black women business community on um com, or following us at JustBeOak on Instagram or Facebook. And then um, you can find Esteca Negra at EstecaNegra. or at Esteca Negra on Instagram or Facebook. <sighs> yay!
0: <laughs> I'm just like thinking about what you've already been, what you've already created and all the other amazing things that you're doing. So we're going to do in the future too. So maybe you could come back here in a year and give us an update on all your other businesses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I'd love to. Like, thank you so much for making the time for me and creating this opportunity for us to like share. I'm so excited to hear like once you've edited and this this podcast episode comes out um and to post it on my website because i'd love to be able to share your business as well
0: oh thank you yeah yep it's all about the collaboration right and supporting each other but i just really love to i lo- like i learned so much from you <laughs> and i just i know we learn so much from sharing stories and having conversations that's how we learn the best right through experience yeah so thank you so much for sharing everything and um everyone please go follow go follow Esteca Negra and just be and see all of her amazing work (laughs) thank you Marisol
1: thank you Giselle you're amazing oh thank you you're amazing
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate find me on Instagram at Giselles World and on Facebook at GM Strategist, Make sure to visit my website, gisellemartin.com, and please, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye!